It has been, uh, I can just speak for me personally and uh, the testimonies as well of folks who have shared with me, if you were here last uh, Sunday, uh, I think there was about 20 uh, uh, testimonies of men and women who just got up on the stage and shared, this is what God has been doing with me over these past 40 days. Uh, And I could tell you tons of stories of what God was doing with me uh, over these past 40 days. Uh, But I think um, the thing that's just been most amazing to me, I'm 41 years old now, I've heard a lot about prayer, I've read a lot about prayer, I've thought a lot about prayer, I've gone to a lot of different prayer gatherings and prayer meetings, Uh, but the thing that has just overwhelmed me uh, is this idea that when God gives us a command to never stop praying, is what he's ultimately saying is, Michael, never stop being with me. And I don't know if this connects uh, with you, but I know for me, and I'm going to guess uh, a lot of us, we are fixers and doers. We're fixers and doers. Uh, we see what's happening in our life, and we just jump into, I'm going to fix it, or I'm going to do something to maybe change the search, situation or circumstance or relationship. We're just fixers and doers. And the whole concept of praying, uh, it just doesn't feel like it's fixing anything, and it doesn't really feel like it's doing anything. And so what we do to fix something and do something is we incessantly think about it. And as we think about it, uh, we just are filled with things like anxiety and worry and fear. And for whatever reason, we would rather sit with that because it at least feels like we're doing something. It at least feels like we're kind of fixing something because we're just thinking about it all the time. And... One of the questions I had for you this morning is this. If you added up all the time you spent worrying and or being anxious or frustrated with yourself or maybe with somebody else or with a a situation, so if you added up all the time on a given day that you spent worrying and being anxious or frustrated uh, and you put all that time towards praying, how much of your day would be spent in prayer? Like, be honest, I'm not asking you to raise your hand and shout it out, but... If you took up all the hours, and for some of us, it's not minutes, it's not seconds, it's hours that we, we dwell on things, and we get anxious, and we get worried, and we, get, we just get so scared, and we're freaking ourselves out over what's going to happen, what might happen, what hasn't happened. And for me, I can just answer you, since I've got the microphone, it would be hours. It would be Hours. And if I would learn how to turn those anxieties and those worries and my incessant thinking of situations and people and things, and I feel like what God was saying, Michael, can you imagine if it wasn't like that, but it was you were with me throughout the whole day. You were practicing my presence throughout the whole day. And that's what prayer does. It connects me with God. It helps me to be able to talk to God, but also understand and hear God. And so this morning, my invitation to you is, let's not be fixers and doers. What would it look like for you to be a prayer? What would it look like for you to be connected with God in every moment of every day? I like how Philippians uh, says it in Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done, then Then, when you do this, you're going to experience. This is the great exchange. When you stop doing this and start doing this, 
the exchange that you get is not more frustration, more fear, more worry, more anxiety, because uh, anxiety breeds anxiety. Worry breeds worry. But what Scripture says is, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the invitation of Scripture is, don't do this. Instead, do this. Don't do this where you're anxious and worried and incessantly thinking over situations and relationships and people. So instead of doing what you naturally do, being a fixer and a doer through worry and anxiety, do this. And as we do this, it's the great exchange. You receive from God something that no one else could ever give you. It's that peace that comes from even in a world that just doesn't make sense and even where there's hurt and brokenness and confusion, I can still walk through that. Why? Well, because I've received something from God called peace. So this morning, I'm just, hopefully, we'll answer the question of how can we do that? How can we be men and women who just never stop praying? How can you be a man or a woman who is always in the presence of God? And it doesn't matter if you're at work, if you're at home, if you're doing whatever you're doing, how can you and I constantly live in the presence and awareness of God? And I would suggest to you three things. Number one would be this. Remember that God is our Father, and He is a good Father. Can you get me a tissue, please, Mike? Number one of answering the question, what might it look like for you and I to never stop being with God? What might it look like for you and I to never stop praying? And I'm going to suggest three things that we must remember. Number one is remember that God is our Father, and He is a good Father. If you were here a few, uh, I think, five, six weeks ago, uh, there was a message entitled, uh, Teach Us How to Pray. And this is what Jesus When his disciples said, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? This is what Jesus said. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven. Thanks, Mike. You might want to mute this back there. Mike, there you go. Remember that there's no transition from that to God as Father, but um, (laughs) Jesus, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 9, pray like this, our Father in heaven. And what Jesus was teaching is that you and I need to come to God much like a child comes to his Father. And children, what I know about my children is they, they come to me as they are. It's what exactly what Mike said this morning. And it's not always pleasant, and it's not always pretty, but they still come. Why? Well, because I'm their dad. If you would be a man or a woman who just never stops praying, who never stops being with God, I would want you to remember that God is your father, and he is a good father. Uh, A question I would ask is, can you recall the time where you always came to your dad because you had absolutely no reason to doubt him? And I realize for some of you that maybe stopped when you were like three or four or five. But you had no reason whatsoever to doubt that coming to your father was the best thing that you could possibly do. You just came to him. Why? Because he was your dad. And you knew that if you were with your dad, everything was just going to be okay. If you skinned your knee, if someone said something and hurt your feelings, 
If you were confused or scared or worried and there was thunder and lightning and it was dark, I just knew if I could just be with my dad, it would be okay. Can you remember the time where you would go to your father like that and you had no doubt that being with your dad is exactly what you needed more than anything? Why is it so crucial to remember God as Father in this idea of never stop praying? Because how I'd answer that is many of us stop praying because we start believing things about God that are just not true. We start believing things like God is indifferent towards us, He's distant from us, He's disappointed in us, and all of these things that we believe about God are the very things that keep us from God. What I'd want you to know, if you would be the man or woman who just never stops praying, you constantly need to remember that God is my father and I am his son, I am his daughter, and that is how I am to come to him. I've shared this in in so many different messages before. I understand that the whole concept of God as father is next to impossible for you to connect the dots because your father was just cruel. Your dad was indifferent. Your dad was absent. Your dad withheld love from you. Your dad just wasn't around. You know, to teach you dad things. So when you, the whole concept is like, I I can't connect that dot because my dad, if God's anything like my dad, I don't want anything to do with God as father, God as dad. And the only thing I could just ask you to wrestle with maybe one more time, maybe for the first time, is God as Father is nothing like your father. God as Father, the the Bible teaches us clearly that God is not indifferent towards you. God has affection for you. God has love for you, compassion and kindness and care for you. Some of you have experienced that. I would want you to celebrate that But for those of you who have not experienced an earthly father who has modeled well for you what God is really like, I wouldn't want what you think God is like to withhold you from experiencing being with God all times, every single day of never stop praying. Do you remember, maybe I'm just, I got in a lot of fights when I was a kid, but do you remember ever saying or at least thinking and you said the phrase, uh, yeah, my dad could totally kick your dad's butt. Right, for the 10 people who laughed, maybe we need to talk afterwards about why we would say that to people. But I used to say that all the time. When I found myself in a situation, uh, whether it was a potential fight or something, just, and I would say, as a, I would remember this as a little kid, like, yeah, but my dad could totally take your dad. And what I was essentially saying, and again, I didn't understand this as a six-year-old, is my father has the power to change this situation. Like if my dad was here, if my dad was present, he would be the game changer. And no matter what you're threatening me with, no matter what I'm afraid of, if my dad was here, it would make a world of difference. And I'm not trying to be goofy to say that our God is, but our God is better. And I would ask you, do you really believe that God as your father, the presence of your father in your life, 
would be the very thing that would change you, change your circumstance, change your situation. Why? Well, just because your dad is there. Because your father is very present with you. One of the things that uh, you might think, well, it's Jesus. Like, of course Jesus didn't worry. Of, of course Jesus didn't have anxiety. He was, he was God's son. But when I consider the life of Christ, he had so many reasons to be anxious and to be worried. But yet Jesus, there's never an instance in Scripture where Jesus was anxious or worried like you and I understand anxiety and worry. And when I wrestled with that, why is that? And I just kept coming back to as I would study and, and, and read passage after passage that Jesus addressed God as Father. He was always referring to God as Father. And because he was aware of his Father's presence with him, that's, it changed everything. So these are just a few examples in Matthew 23 or 26. Uh, he went on, this is the night before he's about to, to be murdered. He went on a little farther and he bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet uh, I want your will to be done, not mine. In his moment, his darkest moment, who does he refer to? He says, God, my father. When Jesus is on the cross and people are mocking, he's been beaten, he's bloodied, he's naked, people are mocking him. What does he pray? He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And his final words, before he breathes his last, he says, then Jesus shouted, Father. Jesus never lost sight that God was his Father. And because he never lost sight of God as Father, it changed every situation and circumstance. So I would just invite you this morning if you would be the person that says, never, I'm going to be the one that never stops praying, you're going to need to remember that God is Father and God is Father is good. If you're a Christian, and how I would define a Christian is if you've received Jesus Christ, if you've confessed Him as the Son of God and the Savior and the one who paid the penalty for your sins to make you right with God, I would want you to know that whether you're seven years old or 70 years old or somewhere in between, you're still a child. doesn't matter how old you are. If you are a Christian, you are a child of God. This is what John says, chapter 1. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So if you're a Christian, you never mature beyond being a child. Ever. So that means to me, I will con until I meet God face to face, I will always think of myself first and foremost as a child of God, as a son of God. And my lifelong journey is to get to know what my heavenly father is like. And I feel like I know this much so far. And God willing, in the years to come, I can say, well, now I know this much more of what my father is like. And the more that I know my father, the more that I just want to be with my father. Because my father, he changes. He changes me. He changes the situation. He changes the circumstance. What I need more than anything is my father's presence with me. So number one, remember that God is our father and he is a good father. Uh, number two, just two more. Remember that God is always working with us and around us. If 
you would never stop praying, you need to remember as you pray that God is always working with us and around us. And I realize that it's really hard to never stop praying when it seems from all outward appearances that God is not doing anything. It's really hard to keep praying when you're like, God, I'm praying, but I, I just don't see anything happening. And I've been doing it for like two days. <laughs> God, I've been doing it for two weeks. I've been doing it for two months. I've been doing it for two years. And God, I just don't see anything happening. What is the point of never stop praying when I just don't see you doing anything? And what I've learned is just because we cannot see the activity of God does not mean that God is not active. Just because I can't see something doesn't mean it's not happening. Last week at uh, Genesis, there was a woman who came up to me after church and uh, she said, Michael, I just wanted to say this was an amazing day to be here. She was just a guest from out of town and uh, she, via Google, found Genesis and uh, she was in town visiting her father. And her father is uh, elderly and uh, was having uh, some surgery this week. And um, so we talked for a little bit. She's like, it's really important that I I connect with you this week. There's things I just have to tell you. And again, I don't know who this person is. And so I met with her uh, earlier uh, this past week to hear a little bit more of her story. And, uh, you know, prayed for her, her her time with her dad and her her dad's surgery. And um, this woman became a Christian about 21 years ago, grew up in a Buddhist home, and her father is still Buddhist. And um, so we prayed for that, I prayed for that, and on Tuesday, uh, her flight was at, I think, like 11.30, and so the only time we had to connect was really bright and early Tuesday morning. And so we met here at church, and um, I said, I've been praying for you, how'd things go with your dad? And immediately, she just starts bawling. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, she said, Michael, it was amazing. My dad, in 21 years of being a Christian, uh, has never once asked me about my Christian faith, has never once even showed any interest in my Christian faith at all. And I've been praying for my dad faithfully for 21 years, and I have not seen God do anything in 21 years. So imagine if that's you. I meet people who get tired and frustrated after two days, and they're like, I'm done with praying. Imagine if you've been praying for 21 years. And from all outward appearances, you saw nothing. When I met with her on Tuesday morning, I asked her how to go, what happened. She said, Michael, it was amazing. For the first time in 21 years, my dad just asked me the question, why did you become a follower of Jesus? And, I mean, she's weeping and not shocking. I am too. (laughs) And she just was able to walk with her father for the very first time. Why she became a Christian and who Jesus is, and what Jesus is like. And this woman is uh, a little over 50 years old, and she said, Michael, then something amazing happened. In 50 years, I've never seen my dad pray. I've never prayed with my dad in 21 years. I've been too afraid to ask my dad, can I pray with him? And she's like, I prayed with my dad for the first time. 21 years. And so we celebrated that together, and I don't even know this woman, but we celebrated that together, that in 21 years, she had been faithfully praying, and what I was able to encourage uh, her with is she did not see God working in her father, but her father saw God working in her. So you might not see God working in the situation or the circumstance or the relationship, 
And you're just getting so tired of praying because it just, from all outward appearances, it just looks like nothing's happening. And you need to remember that as you pray, something's happening within you. And maybe the people that you are praying for, what's happening is they're seeing God in you. Now, I don't know the mind of God in these things. Why did it take 21 years? I've wrestled with this with my mom. She prayed for my grandfather for 52 years. 52 years that he'd be free from alcohol and all sorts of other things. And a week before he died, she was able to pray with him for the first time and share the gospel with him and pray that, uh, and they prayed together and he received Jesus. Why did that take 52 years? I don't know. But I know my mom is different because she prayed for 52 years. And I want you to know that if you would never stop praying, you need to get your mind off that there's the result of it didn't work or it's not working. And know that as you're praying, prayer is changing you. It's changing how you relate to God, talk with God, connect with God. And you might not see it, but I promise you there will be a time where someone would come to you, maybe the very person you've been praying for for 21 years, and they would just ask you, I, I just see something different in you because I've known you now for 50 years and 21 years ago something happened. Can you explain it to me? So never stop praying. Remember that God is always working with us and around us. Uh, I, I wanted you, you can reference these scripture verses. I just wanted you to see them. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Romans 12, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So this morning on, on a note card, your journal, whatever you have, I would want you to write down what is it that God wants you to keep praying about? Who is it that God wants you to keep praying about? And you might not see it, but God is at work. And it's a good chance he's at work in you. So that would be number two. Number three would be this. Remember that God can do so much more. Remember that God can do so much more. One of the things that I've just, I feel like I've been learning, uh, maybe not for the first time, but afresh, and it feels so exciting, uh, is that God can do so much more if we just pray. It's not rocket science. For so much of my life, I've just lived, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And I feel like I got a wake-up call about uh, three months ago, and I shared this in a message called The Divine Foot. If I was headed in this direction, I was so excited to go in this direction, and God led me to, in just morning devotions, Second Chronicles chapter 25, I won't read the whole story, but in verse 8, uh, a man of God is speaking to a king, and he says this, if you let them, the them is troops from Israel, go with your troops into battle, you will be defeated by the enemy, no matter how well you fight, God will overthrow you, for he has the power to help you or to trip you up. And in that moment, I just felt like my eyes were opened to how gracious of God to stick his divine foot out in my way to protect me from hurting myself, hurting other people by just going and doing what I think seems like a really good thing. 
But I was also reminded, not only can God stick his foot out to trip us up, God wants to take his hand and say, but I can, I can help you. I can help you. I probably would have uh, three months ago told you, uh, just to be theologically correct, that prayer is the most important thing we can be doing. But I feel like in the past three months, uh, what I said in my head, I actually believe in my heart that God can do so much more if we just would pray. It's, it's not like a magic formula. It's really not. God can do so much more. And I love uh, in Second Chronicles, this guy Amaziah was like, man, but I've, what about all these preparations? I just spent all this money to hire these troops and now you're telling me that I, I shouldn't do that. And he, this is the question he asked. And Amaziah asked the man of God, but what about all the silver that I paid to hire the army of Israel? And the man of God replied, the Lord is able to give you so much more than this. And I just feel like for 41 years I've kept in my hands, well, God, what about this? And I've been fighting and clawing to keep this. And I just feel like my heart, my eyes have been opened of, Michael, don't you know I can do so much more if you would just pray and watch what I can do? The question I wanted to ask you is this, but what about fill in the blank? What about fill in the blank? Because Amaziah was like, well, what about the silver? I just invested all of this money and ramping up this 100,000 plus army. God, what about this? And the question, it might not be silver for you, but your question to God is, well, God, what about this? I'm, I'm hearing that you can help. And I'm starting to understand that prayer is like the most significant thing I can be doing. But God, what about this? What would be your this? What would be your silver? What would be your fill in the blank? I think for me, there's probably a few different things that I would put as, but as I was praying over this, uh, I just feel like for me, my fill in the blank, my this, is just simply my effort, my performance, my hard work, my drive, my passion. And I, I feel like I hear something from God and I just start going. And I start working like a madman to make something happen. And God's like, Michael, when are you going to learn to just it's, put that down and just start praying? This is not to suggest we don't work hard, that we're not faithful and diligent with what God's given us. But I did those things, working hard, being disciplined and diligent and passionate and driven. And prayer was a tack on to my passion and my drive. That was my silver. So for you this morning, what is it? What would you say to God, but what about this? And I would just invite you to put the silver down and say, God, I just want to see what you can do. God, I just want to, I want to be that man or woman who never stops praying and I want my heart just to be filled with trust that you can do so much more than my silver ever could. God, you can do so much more than my hard work ethic, my passion, my drive, my supposed gifts. God, I just, I want to put those down and I, I, I just want to see what might happen if I begin to pray. Remember that God is our Father, 
Remember that God is always working, and remember that God can do so much more. It's been, um, uh, all of us have different experiences and testimonies of what's been going on over the past three months, so I can just speak for myself. It's been amazing. I feel different. I just feel different. And what excites me is uh, I feel different, but I feel like I've got such a long way to go. I feel like I've barely scratched the surface on all that God wants to show me and show us if we would just continue to pray. Never stop praying. Never stop being with me. I finish uh, this morning, uh, I wanted to share two quick things. Of Those are things that you and I need to remember. We need to remember God as Father. We need to remember that God is working, and we need to remember that He can do so much more. But are there things that you and I can do to help one another out to never stop praying, to never stop being? Because this isn't isolation. Remember, it's our Father. It's not just me and God. It's our, it's a communal thing. It's, so are there things that you and I can begin doing to help one another never stop praying or never stop being with God? And I give you two very quick ones as we close. Number one is this, keep praying for one another. Keep praying for one another. It takes a humble person to ask for prayer. And it takes a believing person to actually pray and say, this is what is the best thing that I could do for you right now is just pray. And what myself, the elders and other leaders of the church are, have been envisioning of what would it look like instead of having all of these conversations take place after church is over, before church begins, in community groups, wherever it is, what would it look like when we hear, hey, this is going on, hey, let me stop real quick, and can I just pray for you? You mentioned that you've got something hard coming up. Rather than saying, I'll pray for you later and never actually praying, what would it look like if we just took the initiative to say, you know what, I heard what you said. I will be praying for you, but can I just pray for you right now? It takes a humble person to ask for prayer, and it takes a believing person to say, this is what you need most. Ephesians chapter 1, and Paul starts his letters by letting the people know, I am praying for you. He says in chapter 1, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord uh, Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. And you see that in Paul's letter and you're like, wow, either Paul's lying or he just never stopped praying. And I'm pretty confident he wasn't a liar. I'm pretty confident Paul never stopped praying for people. But what I love is he believed that prayer was the game changer. But he was also humble to say, would you pray for me too? And he says, and it closes out Ephesians chapter 6, and pray for me too. Would you ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike? He wasn't too proud to say, I need prayer too. And so he asked for people to pray for him. So how do we help each other never stop praying? Well, we pray for one another. Um, in your uh, chair pockets, um, uh, you can take one out now. Uh, everyone will have one in the pocket in front of them. And uh, these are new. There are just calling them our prayer cards. It says, never stop praying on the back. Uh, if you've been here over the past uh, few weeks, we used to have these frames were actually on that wall. And every week, people would take what they, were, what they wanted to pray about, whether it was for themselves or somebody else. 
and they would just write it down on a note card. And so what we wanted to do as a way to encourage you uh, to keep praying and allow us to keep praying with you and for you is every week when you come to take communion, we'd love you to take this card, fill it out with whatever your prayer request is, and when you come celebrate communion, put it on these new frames on the wall. And I promise you, we will be faithful every week to pray for these cards and to pray for these people, to pray for you, to pray for whatever is written on these things. So that would be number one. We're gonna, this is a new thing moving forward. Those will be there forever until Jesus comes back. Uh, and then the last one is keep praying for one another. But number two is this, keep praying together. Over 40 days, we gathered 74 times. We gathered in the mornings and we gathered in the evenings and we gathered on the weekends. There were 74 different opportunities to pray together as a community. And even if you just came once, it was a powerful experience. And we wanted to continue praying together. Our conviction was not, well, let's just keep going every single night and every single morning. Uh, As we prayed about it, this is what we were excited to tell you this morning, is uh, something that we will just uh, from now on be calling uh, Genesis Midweek. Uh, And every Wednesday, uh, we're setting aside Wednesdays uh, for this, this community here to be gathering for prayer. We want you to continue going to community group. We want you to continue praying within your community group. We want you to continue praying with one another. But one day a week, we're setting aside where we as a community will gather for prayer. And we're going to do the same way we did the 40 days that there's some of you who your life, it just, it doesn't work to come in the evening uh, for whatever reason. And so if you can, come in the morning. We'll pray every Wednesday morning from 6.30 uh, to 8 a.m. If you can only come for 20 minutes, come for 20 minutes, and I promise you it will be a powerful 20 minutes. And Wednesday evenings, if you can come, come, 7 o'clock to 8.30, and to make this as accessible to everyone as possible, we will provide childcare every single night, every single Wednesday uh, for you to come so you can just pray. There will be a community of men and women who will watch your kids, and we're not just going to entertain them and play with them, we're going to be teaching them how to pray as well. Some of the most powerful times for me personally when I was praying was not when I was praying in that corner, but when there was a group of six and seven kids and me and six and seven kids huddled up in a circle and praying together. So we're not seeking just to put in a video and entertain your kids. We want to pray with them as well. So this starts this Wednesday. And until Jesus tells us to stop or he comes back every Wednesday moving forward, uh, Genesis will gather for prayer. We have invited, if you're sitting here, you're like, well, my community group meets on Wednesday. Well, we've invited your community group to change their meeting time so that there will be no conflict moving forward, that Wednesdays will be the time where our community gets together to pray. And you might say, well, Michael, if you understood my life, I've got so much going on and I'm so busy and now doing another night out. That might be the very reason you might need to do it. So starting this Wednesday, 6.30 to 8 a.m. and Wednesday evenings, uh, 7, o'clock to se- uh, 7 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. It has been uh, an amazing, amazing journey. But I just, we just started. I didn't want to communicate this message of 40 days and then we're done. That's why that stays. As a constant reminder that we will pray. We will be the men and women that never stop being with God. This isn't a burdensome command. This is an amazing invitation from God to you that says, I want to be with you. 
And I want you to be with me, and I want every moment of every day, of every conversation, of every situation, for you to know that I am with you. If you are a Christian, you are a child of God. Approach God as a child, as a son or daughter. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I am fully confident that that's why you came today. is so that you could leave here coming, not knowing who God is, and leave here saying, God's my father. 